This podcast of the Model Health Show is presented to you by Sean Stevenson with Rare Gym Productions. For more information, visit the SeanStevensonModel.com. Welcome to the Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson here with my co-host with the most, Jade Harrell. What's up, Jade? What's up, Sean? <laughs> How you doing today? I am fabulepic. Fabulepic. Yes. I love that. Tell me what that is. I am epically fabulous today. I had a feeling that's what you were saying. Heck yeah. That I'm all about epic. That's your middle name. And, and fabulous. What can you say? Can never go wrong with some Too fabs. Fab. <laughs> awesome. We've got a great show lined up for everybody today. We're going to be talking about getting a mindset makeover, Ooh. food cravings. Oh, praise. And how food can bring people together, but it can also tear us apart. Wow. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about a lot of really cool and interesting stuff. And I've been excited about talking about some of these topics for a long time, like mm-hmm. since the beginning of my show. So, I think yeah. we're at like episode 53 yes, and we're finally getting yes. around to it. So, all right. Well, we've also got a special guest on who's going to be bringing the thunder to talk about <laughs> these things. So, but first I want to give a shout out to our show sponsor, perfectsupplements.com, the industry leader for whole food, superfood supplementation. Mm-hmm. By you being a fan of the show, you get 10% off your entire purchase. Nice. So head over to perfectsupplements.com into the coupon code MODEL101. That's M-O-D-E-L 101 for 10% off. Yes. You got your perfect coconut oil. That's me. Perfect acai. Yep. Perfect cordyceps mushrooms. All that. Yes. So we're talking about boosting your stamina. We're talking about antioxidants. We're talking about protecting your DNA, people. Protect Mm -hmm. your DNA. Mm Mm-hmm. So they've also got the perfect spirulina, which is one of my favorite things of all times. Yes. Actually just mixed a little bit into some guacamole. Okay, now. So they've got so many amazing things. So head over there and check them out, perfectsupplements.com. Now let's get into the iTunes review of the week. Awesome. This is from Jess S12, a five-star rating. She says, it's awesome. I have learned so much listening to Sean's podcast. He always offers a spectrum of information that always seems relevant to something that I want to learn more about. Sean really helps to clear up the false information regarding health and provides true and genuine information on his podcast. I just signed up to work with Sean and can't wait to get started. After just one consultation on the phone, he blew me away with information about my specific issues I would have never known about. Truly an awesome person and podcast alike. Boom. Goes the dynamite. Thank you so very much for leaving that review. And thank you everyone who's leaving the reviews over on iTunes. We are crushing it over there. (laughs) And more and more people are finding out about the show because of that. So Thank you so much from my heart to yours. Thank you so very much. Absolutely. Now let's go ahead and get into the show topic. And this is going to be a juicy one. (laughs) Our special guest today is Alex Jameson. And she is a certified holistic health counselor accredited through the Columbia University Teachers College and the American Association of Drugless Practitioners. She has completed the professional chef training at the Natural Gourmet Institute and is the author of several healthy lifestyle and cooking books. She was in the life-changing Oscar-nominated film Super Size Me, and her approach to holistic health undid the damage Morgan Spurlock's 30-day McDonald's binge did to his body. Mm -hmm. She's been featured on Oprah, CNN, MSNBC. She currently blogs at Dr. Oz's ShareCare.com and The Huffington Post. And you can find her over at alexandrajameson.com 
So I'd like to welcome to the Model right. Health Show, Alex Jameson. How are you doing today, Alex? Hey, guys. I'm good. It's great to be here with you. So glad to have you. Awesome. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. So let's go ahead and dive right in because a lot of people have seen Super Size Me. And if you haven't seen it, seriously, where you've been under a rock or something. <laughs> I remember watching it back in my last year of college, actually, and it really changed the game. It changed the world, actually. Yeah. So, But prior to that, Alex, please share a little bit about your background. How did you even become interested in health and wellness in the first place? Well, I was raised by hippies outside of Portland, <laughs> Oregon. <laughs> my mom That'll do it. Actually, Right. Yeah, it, yeah. I was raised in the dirt. My mom had an organic gardening radio show for 11 years when I was a kid. And we had this little old farm that my parents transformed into a little Eden. And we grew lots of fruits and veggies and herbs. And it was a little wonderful piece of heaven. And I really knew where my food came from. Mm-hmm. And I also had an insane sweet tooth. So even though I was raised by these healthy hippies, I did everything in my power to get sugar. And I actually discovered at the age of about seven or eight that the church down the street from us had Sunday school. And if you went to Sunday school, you got Kool-Aid and cookies. Mm. So (laughs) I started going to church at the age of seven by myself. I literally went to church to drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's and incredible. And my parents, being the progressive folks that they are, were like, cool, you want to go learn about God? That's awesome. Like, they didn't take me to church, but I went. Right. So my, my little brain did everything it could over the next, like, 10 years to get the junk food that my parents wouldn't buy to have yeah. at home. Interesting. Wow. And, you know, by the time I was 25 and moved to New York City... I had about a dozen cavities in my head. I had lots of silver fillings. Mm. I was about 30 pounds overweight. I put on a bunch of weight after college. And within six months of moving to the city, I started to have migraine headaches almost every single day. I was in a constant state of pain. The weight just kept ballooning. I was having a lot of joint pain. And I have scoliosis and my back was always hurting. And I was depressed and exhausted, and I thought, I am 25 years old. I am not supposed to feel this bad. So I went to a doctor, and, you know, bless their hearts, doctors, unless they are functional medicine trained or integrative specialists, they get about, you know, an hour and a half of nutrition coaching in medical school still. So his answer for me to help me was to give me prescriptions for painkillers and Prozac. and. I have a family history of addiction. I know a lot of other people out there do. And I was scared. I was scared to fill those prescriptions because I I thought I was going to head down that same path of addiction and it wasn't really going to help me. You know, I was just going to be masking the pain. So I went to another doctor, somebody that my mom might have gone to, you know, somebody who had like ferns and waterfalls (laughs) and like a Buddha in their office. Mm -hmm. And he asked me what I was eating. And when I told him, he said, oh, okay, this is why you're sick. So he didn't give me a prescription. He gave me a few supplements and a diet. He said, we're going to take out all the refined processed foods. He did some kinesiology on me. He said, you have candida overgrowth. You need to stop eating wheat and corn for a while as well. 
So I got this reading list from him. I went to the library and I read everything. And it was so hard the first couple of weeks, right? Like I didn't know any, but this was 15 years ago. There was no Whole Foods. There was like one health food store (laughs) in lower Manhattan, but I I had hit bottom. So I decided I have to do this. This is what's going to really fix me. And within a couple of weeks, I remember the morning I woke up and I was awake. I'm like, wow, I feel like I could go to the gym. I feel good. And I did. And the headaches went away and those extra 30 pounds just kind of evaporated over the next couple of months. And at the time, I decided to become completely vegan. Like that felt like the right thing to do. I was going to take out all the animal foods and all the processed foods, all the sugar, and it felt amazing. And I got so passionate about this experience that I decided to go to culinary school. There's a culinary school here in New York City called the Natural Gourmet Institute, and I went through their professional chef's training program and learned how to cook for other people and became a private chef and worked with people who had cancer and diabetes and food sensitivities. And right around this time, as I was going back to culinary school, was when I met this guy, Morgan. I was serving you know, pints of beer in a bar at night while I was going to healthy mm-hmm. cooking school during the day, because that's, you, you know, that's how you do it. It's that yin-yang lifestyle right. at the beginning. <laughs> and... I met this guy, and he was a budding filmmaker, and we started dating. And about a year or two into our relationship, we came up with this crazy idea for Super Size Me, where he ate nothing but McDonald's for a month, and we filmed the whole process. And if you've seen the movie, you know that he got super sick, right? He had doctors following his progress, and by the third week, His liver was so filled with fat, he was giving himself non-alcoholic hepatitis with food. Hmm. This was just the high fructose corn syrup doing this to him. And luckily, he survived. He barely made it through those 30 days. And I got a chance to write my first book about detoxing his body and the detox diet that I used for both of us called The Great American Detox. And... Our movie was nominated for an Oscar, and the rest is healthy history. Wow. That is such an incredible story. Yes, it is. From starting from the dirt mm-hmm. to the cool, drinking the Kool-Aid <laughs> to hitting up NYC and, yeah. Yeah. you know, going to, to school and having your, your life transformed through mm-hmm. diet. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've all, I found that to be true across the board, you know. Certain practitioners and healers who've actually gone through the process themselves, you know, who've like been at rock bottom and didn't have any other solution and found a way to heal themselves through diet. There's a certain underlying passion and ability to communicate that other people just don't have, Mm -hmm. you know, and I hear that in your voice. You know, there's something about you. And that's why I wanted to have you on that makes people pay attention. You know, it's because you've been through it. And there's some interesting things, of course, that have transpired with your diet over the years, but we'll get to that in a moment. But I want to know, what was it like being a part of such a huge, like, cultural change maker like Supersize Me? It was pretty wild. We made this movie on, you know, a hope and a prayer and a few credit cards. (laughs) It was really a miracle that the movie got made. We didn't even know if anyone would ever see it. Mm -hmm. 
And if I had known millions of people were going to see it, I probably wouldn't have talked about our sex life on camera. But since I didn't know, and, you know, lo and behold, I'm sitting in the theater next to my 70-year-old grandmother about our (laughs) sex life and how his libido was destroyed by his diet, which is, you know, a good thing to know that that may be an issue. I mean, the day we got the call that we got into Sundance, the movie festival was so exciting and then to find out that it got nominated for an oscar it was just a wild ride and the movie premiered in over 20 countries around the world wow and we traveled the world for about a year going to all these places and talking with people and seeing that the americanized way of fast food living had been outsourced that it is a worldwide global issue and this movie spoke to people around the world It was really incredible. It was scary to know that and really heartening to know Mm -hmm. that people care, that there are people who want to preserve their food ways. They want to protect their children. They want to feel better around the world. And that there was this one little movie that we made on a hope and a prayer that brought a lot of people's attentions to this one issue. What are some of the things that you feel were changed as a result of that movie being made because of course I started to see the healthy options pop up on the fast food menus and things like that Mm -hmm. what are some of the things you noticed right well it was really interesting that you know McDonald's would never actually speak the name of the movie when the movie came out at Sundance they ended supersized options Mm. and when asked about it in the press they said well it has nothing to do with that movie whatsoever (laughs) they couldn't even say that yeah they couldn't even say the name Mm -hmm. but they could acknowledge that the movie existed they did Mm -hmm. they did they did did not refer to some internal memo you know right right (laughs) well what's interesting is the movie and the the work that i've done since then i've met a lot of people and i've i've had partnerships with some amazing experts like Dr. Mark Hyman. And just recently I saw him, we were talking about the new movie that he's working on, Fed Up, which is in theaters now, which I think is probably, you know, totally inspired by Supersize Me and takes things to the next level, which is awesome. And he said, actually, they have someone working on the Fed Up team who used to work for McDonald's and he has now come over from the dark side and he Mm -hmm. is helping get the message out about how we can change the food system that we're living in. So it's pretty remarkable. Wow. To create something that impacts billion-dollar industries. I mean, wow, that's so powerful. Well, I guess this is a good point to talk about a little bit more about you and so people can get an understanding and, and glean some of your experience from your own personal diet and your own lifestyle. So I know that you were trained as a vegan chef, and you were vegan for many years of your life, but you're not vegan any longer. Can you share what happened and what brought you to this place and what brought about this change for you? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I was vegan for over a decade. I mean, somewhere around 11, 12 years. And I had a child seven and a half years ago. And then, you know, Morgan and I were married and we had a kid together. And a couple of years after our son was born, our marriage was coming to an end. Things were falling apart. They weren't going well. And we separated. I got a new apartment. I was a single mom, you know, mostly the primary caretaker of our son. I was getting my business back up and running as a health coach and a writer, and I'd taken some time off to take care of our kid. And my energy started to plummet. 
and my menstrual cycle started to shift drastically. I was getting my menstrual cycle every 14, 16 days, which is exhausting and not healthy. And I tried everything in the vegan framework to fix that. And then I started craving meat. This was not good. <laughs> this was bad. This was bad for business. It was bad for me. And I was ashamed. Mm-hmm. And I was hating my body. I was so pissed. Like, why are you doing this to me? You know, I have written three cookbooks now on the vegan diet. I've written a couple of dummies books on vegan cooking. And my whole framework was around using a plant-based diet to heal. And it just was not working for me anymore. And I ignored, I suppressed, I tried to turn away from those cravings for over a year. It was closer to two years. I struggled with these cravings. And I finally realized I'm doing the exact opposite of what I tell my clients to do. I tell my readers and my clients, listen to your body. Your cravings are telling you something is out of balance. Your body is your North Star. It's your GPS. It's telling you where to go. You just need to learn how to listen to those messages. And I realized I was, you know, trying the same thing over and over again and getting no results. That's right. That's crazy. So I decided I have to do this. And I started with some eggs. And I secretly, you know, I furtively in the co-op, I stuck some organic free-range eggs under my kale so nobody would see it in the basket. And I brought it home and I scrambled up some eggs and my body felt so good. My body was like, yes, more of that, please. And my brain was saying, what are you doing? Right? We have this push and pull between our brains and our bodies sometimes mm-hmm. about what's good and what's bad. And I just decided I'm going to listen. I'm just going to keep listening to my body. And I started eating fish. And then I grew into eating some grass-fed beef. And my menstrual cycle is on schedule now. My energy is good. Like I have to listen to what my body's telling me. So about a year ago, I kind of came out of the vegan closet. I came out (laughs) a year ago and I struggled. I struggled so long with that blog post. I I was afraid. Mm -hmm. I was afraid to tell everyone this is what's going on for me. But I realized I can't be the only one. I know there's other people out there who've been through this. And I just have to be in alignment. I have to have integrity. And I had stopped calling myself vegan about a year before. I had just been, you know, writing plant-based recipes. And here's a great recipe for, you know, this health issue. But I wasn't calling myself vegan anymore because I just didn't want to lie. But I wasn't being completely honest, Mm. right? Right. And that's that's hard, too. Yes. That's a toxic thing to not be yourself. Oh, my gosh. So when I finally posted that, I don't know if you guys read that blog post or if you saw it, but man, did the stuff hit the fan. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I bet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had that. I mean, it went viral within hours and thousands of comments, thousands of shares on Facebook, but it, it went so horribly bad. <laughs> Or it went the way it did. Right. You know, many in the vegan community just viciously attacked me for being a heretic, for being a hypocrite, 
people emailing me death threats. You know, Mm -hmm. we hope you die. I hope you have a heart attack for doing what you're doing to the animals. How could you? Wow. And I decided not to respond individually to any of those comments because that just would have fed the fire. And instead, I just decided to take, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to let people have their say. And hopefully people will connect with my message of, you know, doing what's right for you. And I got, I mean, as many people as unsubscribed from my newsletter list, twice as many said, yes, I'm with you. I agree. And it's allowed me to build an even stronger community of people who want to find what's best for them in a non-judgmental, non-preaching environment. Yeah. So it, it turned out to be a great thing. It was a, a rough couple of weeks, though. I bet. Well, this is the whole thing at the beginning of the show when I was talking about how food can bring us together. When we get mm-hmm. united under a common goal or a con- common way of eating, you know, and we like to define things, you know, like humans like to put a box on things, yeah. you know, so it's like I'm vegan, I'm paleo, I'm vegetarian. So it, yeah. it, it puts you into a category of things you do and things you don't do. That's right. And I really feel that that kind of stigma can debilitate us. You know, because the reality is this, is that every single one of us, we're created from our genes and our genes expect certain things from us. And for us to get a brilliant idea like, okay, well, screw you, genes. I'm not going to eat any animal foods ever. You know, so when your genes have kind of evolved consuming certain foods, it's going to be an experiment. And sometimes those experiments can go very, very well. And that's a beautiful thing. But we need to understand that. We don't want to start pulling things off the table when we're talking about the health and well-being of the human body. Now, something that I know that you did was you attempted, and I'm sure you went bananas trying to figure out how to do this with a vegan approach. You're probably taking like this herb, this superfood, pull it, you know, trying the 80-10-10, trying the high fat, you know, just doing everything you can. But your body was just like, look, fool, you got to put some animal protein in here. And I totally understand that. And just to, I just want to give you a big virtual hug because I totally understand. And also I've seen this in the community as well. Friends of mine, like Daniel Vitalis, he was a vegan. He was rocking that stuff out for a long time. And he's like a mad scientist with nutrition Mm -hmm. and figuring out how can I do this in a vegan vegetarian way, but it just couldn't happen. It was health was breaking down. And also Shalina from Young and Raw. Mm -hmm. And and I saw when she talked about it, like she huge Facebook group, like almost a million people And she let people know, like, I'm no longer vegan. It was crazy, like, to see what people were saying. Well, there's some irony there. I'm thinking that surely Supersize would have had you on somebody's hit list, but you got more later on with these folks that felt somewhat betrayed or that they owned you in some certain way. Like, if you had made another documentary, it could be called The Crave, The Cover, The Conflict, and Coming Out of the Closet, (laughs) Mm. you know? (laughs) But it's something that we struggle with, I think, as women, and I really related to your story here, and I felt that pain of feeling like, man, is my body working against me and what I think I'm trying to do here? And I'm so determined and really desiring certain results. There's a whole nother mechanism going on. And then it ends up with the conflict being all within myself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, what you said about all those other health experts out there who have been in the same position, I've, I've kind of become the vegan confessional booth. People were coming out to me secretly. I had dozens of emails, phone calls, even friends of mine who I know from the vegan community here in New York City, you know, 
secretly, like pull me aside, like, hey, I've been going through the same thing Mm -hmm. and I'm so sorry. And man, what do I do? Like some of them have businesses that are totally reliant upon the vegan community. My health coaching practice has always been like, come on, come all. And if you want to be vegan, like I'm the person to help you do it. But if you want to be carnivore, that's totally cool too. So luckily my whole business, my whole financial well-being wasn't necessitated on me being vegan. But there are people out there who have mm-hmm. and, and they end up are being... afraid. Yeah. And is that something that would have cost them if yeah. their whole well-being was was in that because you know you build your businesses and many times if you're a consultant or coach as a health coach you could classify that you'd even take carna vegans but you really are taking a life coaching approach and able to deal with the life issues that are so intrinsically involved in what we're eating and projecting right right well and i got to tell you What's so crazy is that I've had a couple of my paleo peeps come out to me recently secretly saying, I've written books on being paleo, but I'm having to go plant-based right now. I'm like, oh my gosh, don't tell anybody that you're vegan, (laughs) right? It's going both ways. Interesting. Wow. Well, what's the commentary for that? How we work through those scenarios where we find ourselves in a different place than we were. Yeah. And oh man, it's it's really rough because you want to be in integrity, right? You just want to be who you are. And as, you know, a guru, a teacher, an expert, whatever, you know, you want to come from a place of total strength. And there is something with this whole marketing thing. You know, how do you define who you are? Who do you market yourself to? So for me, I've come up with a bit of a challenge in the last year where I'm never going to define how I eat ever again. So how do you market that? (laughs) It's become me just being as honest as I can and saying, hey, you know what? I found my best diet. Let me help you find your best diet. Right. So what I really want everybody to take away from this and to make clear, because this is a tremendous platform. You know, we have people all over the world listening right now to this show. And I want this to be a big takeaway is the fact that We really need to be united under that one fact of like, let's just work together to create a healthier, happier planet. You know, forget all this dogma and the religiosity attached to food and, oh, they do this, they don't do that. None of that really matters Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. You know, if you're cognizant of the fact that what we eat, the food that we eat and put into our bodies matters, we can get a conversation going. And the hate Mm -hmm. and the I'm better and I'm right and you're wrong kind of thing is really stupid. And it's hurting people. So what I want to see happen is for all that to kind of get stripped away. Because, you know, even if somebody is coming from the vegetarian perspective, Albert Einstein said this, nothing will benefit health and increase the chance for survival on Earth as the evolution to a vegetarian diet. He said evolution He's a smart guy. MC squared, right? Right. (laughs) Evolution takes time. So even if our perspective is like, you know what? We need to be on a plant-based whole thing. Like it's just better for everything. If that's your belief, you got to understand like you want to be a steward of this. You want to be somebody who gracefully introduces things into people's lives with compassion and understanding. And also the big one here is to listen to your own body. And because you have to evolve as well. It might not be this lifetime that you don't require a little bit of animal protein or a little bit of some animal fats for you to be the healthiest person to help spread your message. Yeah, okay. That's right. So 
with that said, you can't be out here with a West Side culinary story. Right, right. With the the I, jets and the, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the socias and the it. greasers. Right, right. Boy, boy, crazy boy. Hey, boy. <laughs> oh lord. All right. So next thing I want to kind of talk about. Obviously, now the vegan diet itself can be very, very healing. You know, and yeah. I want you to talk about that because. To pull out some of the denser foods, strip things down, and allow your body to actually heal can be transformative. And I know that's kind of how you got started as well, and me too. So talk a little bit about the benefits of, you know, even just doing like a vegan strategy maybe for, you know, 10 days or something like that. Awesome. Awesome. So the vegan diet is absolutely one of the most healing diets for the right people at the right time, you know? It is an excellent way to support your body with really profound nutrition while allowing your body to detox, allowing your organs to cleanse, let go, and get all the nutrients, all the energy that you need, and all the fiber that you need, all the phytonutrients, like all those really profound epigenetic altering substances that can actually reverse genetic damage. You know, that's powerful stuff, Mm -hmm. right? This is the nutrition of light. When I talk to people who they just cannot get over kale, they're like, dude, I cannot eat greens. Like greens, Mm -hmm. they're gross. I do not like them. I never learned how to cook them. My parents didn't cook them well. I try to bring a new perspective to this food that that green color is trapped sunlight. You know, when, when green plants turn sunlight into fuel in their cells for themselves, that is the energy of the sun that you are consuming and bringing into your body. That's a powerful energy. Mm-hmm. That's a powerful shift to bring to your food. And there are plenty of people, including my friend Chris Carr, who she has been living with stage four cancer for over a decade now. And she is living well. And how is that possible? How is she doing that without chemo, without cutting her body open with major surgery? You know, it's an inoperable cancer. How is she doing this? She's doing it by flooding her body with phytonutrients. She's doing it by using a completely, you know, alkalinizing diet of greens and almost no sugar. And that's powerful stuff. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think this is an important place to kind of slide in for our segment of the audience who's really focused on paleo nutrition, which is amazing, wonderful strategy and approach to nutrition to look at like we all need to eat more raw foods, more living plant foods. And Mm -hmm. even within that, there's confusion and there's controversy because we need to cook the mess out of everything. We need to cook it. (laughs) We need to make these greens brown. We need to cook it so because the alkaloids, right, the alkaloids are going to you know, caused all these different problems. There's goitrogens. We're going to damage our thyroid, all this stuff. Right. Now, we just need to slow down, back up, and, like, look at the pros and cons, okay? Because you hear a lot about the cons out there. But the pros are this. Foods that are enzymatically active, and a particular study, I can't remember who put the study together, but it was like, when your food was less than 50% living foods or raw foods, you were having an immune response when you ate. You know, so just eating like a whole plethora of cooked food all the time, you're getting constant immune responses. When you had 51% or more of your meal being living raw foods, it's so enzymatically active, all those phytonutrients, vitamins, minerals in their natural state. There's magic in there. 
that you don't see on the periodic table of elements. The periodic table of elements is like a morgue. So when you're looking at the magnesium there, that's like dead. That's like dust, magnesium dust. What happens when magnesium is alive? Oh, wow. That's what you get to experience when you start to get more of these raw and living foods into your body. And this is why it can be so healing. You know, there have been clinics like Dr. Ann Wigmore. I don't mm-hmm. know. If she, I'm pretty sure she was a doctor. But Ann Wigmore's Institute, Hippocrates yeah. down in Florida, Dr. Cousins. Then we've got the Gersons of the world, Charlotte Gerson and Dr. Joel Furman, who I'm in a movie with, by the way, Healing Effect, <laughs> comes out this month. Nice, nice. So, but these individuals understand the power of utilizing these living plant foods. Now, this is where the next conversation goes to is that that's great for stripping things down, healing. Now, what about rebuilding you? This, again, opens the door where we need to pay attention to what works best for you. And that's why I love your message to listen to your body, Alex. That's, right. That's so awesome. I have a question about listening to your body. Now, you talked about how practically incurable and serious your sweet tooth was as a child. Is that your body telling you something, too? Ah, good question. Yeah, so let's talk about craving. Yeah, baby. Because, <laughs> you know, I had this experience as a child where my cravings for sugar totally ended up derailing my health. Like, They were putting me on the track to be on serious medications for the rest of my life. Those Mm -hmm. sugar cravings are powerful, right? Make you go out at night. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Make you hide stuff in the cabinet. (laughs) Absolutely. I got candy bars under the cushions. I'm leaving the house in my jammies to go down to the corner store. I'm glad you know. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And for children, it's much more challenging to ask, or you know, at the time I was a kid, I was a kid and I didn't know that this addiction that I was developing, and it really was an addiction to sugar, you know, anything that causes you to start damaging your body and that you keep doing, that's in my book, that's an addiction. And that's what was happening for me. But my, you know, my parents didn't see it. They didn't see it happening. And when I w- became older and then my cravings were for meat, I had learned that, oh, my sugar addiction was bad, okay? That sugar addiction made me sick, so now all cravings are bad. Mm -hmm. So then when I started craving meat, I thought, oh, well, this is a craving. This must be bad, too, you know? Right. Meat is bad, so this craving is bad. I'm bad. Ah, I can't win. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. But, again, what it comes down to is what is your body really asking you for? What do you really need right now? Yes, our brains have this incredible neurochemistry going on where sugar, fat, and salt, where flavor enhancers added by the major food companies to our food, they light up the dopamine. They light up those happy sensors in our brains, right? Mm -hmm. So some of the things we eat are scientifically formulated to be craveable, Right? You can't eat just one. Right. We've all experienced that, whether it's a cookie or a chip. Mm-hmm. Or both. But, yes, but <laughs> what is that dopamine sensor in your head? What is it really craving in life? Yes. You know, when you have a full life, when you have work that you are connected to, when your relationships are strong, when your body is free of pain and feels light and movable, when you're getting the intimate connections and the sexual energy in your life that you want, 
And when all those things are strong and powerful and you become more aware of what your body's always asking you for, all the different types of cravings that you have, not just for sugar, Mm -hmm. not just for salt and crunchy fatty stuff. Mm -hmm. What are the other things you're really looking for? So I take people through a whole process of asking them and getting to what's that big motivating desire? I call it the big mode, what's that big <laughs> motivating desire behind the cravings. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's just a cookie. You know, sometimes ice cream is okay. I am not anti-ice cream, believe me. <laughs> but if this is becoming an issue where your health is becoming derailed, where you're feeling exhausted, the weight can't come off, you're in pain, where your body is a challenge and a roadblock to getting where you want in your life, then we need to really look behind the cravings. Mm-hmm. What do you discover? Oh, it's so awesome. You know, there's a lot of emotion there. There's a lot of emotion for people that they want freedom. They want to feel strong and empowered. They want to feel connection and love. They want to feel good in their bodies. Really, the ultimate desire is just to feel good. But you have to get clearer about what good means, right? It's not just, I want to feel good. Well, I could feel good with just a cookie and watching Game of Thrones all night. You know, that could feel good. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I love my Sunday night Game of Thrones and some popcorn. However, feeling good in my life for me and for most of my clients means feeling creatively empowered, means I feel resilient, like I have skills to have the energy I want to have every day to know exactly what I need to eat to feel the way I want to feel so I can show up the way I want to show up in life. Right. Yes. You know, this is it's a good segue into some stuff that's coming up in the future, but just getting this conversation really at a higher place in all of our thinking that, you know, this the health conversation, it usually revolves around diet and exercise. But what yeah. about the other stuff? Okay, what actually drives us to do those other things? What about doing things that you love on a daily basis? What about your relationships? What about discovering who you are and why you're here? You know, like all those kind of things. We need to talk more about that because I know this. I've seen it clinically. I've seen people that they eat great, they exercise, but they hate their job, you know, and wondering why they're dealing with this particular health issue and they're stressed out and they can't figure it out. This is what holistic means. You know, it's the whole thing. It's all of you, all of it. And you've actually got a resource, right? This uh, cravings type quiz, right? Yes. Oh, my gosh. This is so fun. So I've put together this 25-question cravings quiz to help people see behind what their cravings are really asking them for. What I've done is I've really rebooted Ayurveda. This is a Uh total reboot of the Ayurvedic doshas because I discovered that my body type, my dosha, my innate energy, you know, the energy that you're born with in your body, that tells you what foods are going to help you feel up and light, what foods are going to help you feel rooted and strong, and which foods are going to, like, add more energy to the energy you don't want, right? Like, if you're a kind of a featherweight vata type and you're kind of light and airy and up in your head and creative all the time, Maybe you should not be eating, you know, a cold raw foods vegan diet in the winter. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're more of a a firebrand 
pitta type, maybe you shouldn't be eating the spicy, hot, fatty, and sugary foods that are just going to add more fuel to the fire. And maybe you need more cooling foods that are going to help you be more calm and centered. So, you know, this is taking really ancient medicine and rebooting it for the modern mind so that we can begin to make those connections. And just, it's really about your own innate energy, your innate type, how your natural state is, and how you can really feel good about wherever you are now. And I love this quiz. It's so fun. And when people fill it out, they get this great 30-page report that tells you all about your type and what foods to eat and what exercise to do. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, I actually utilized the dosha system. And uh, same thing, I've kind of updated it, upgraded it. And just relating it to, you know, people's metabolic type, Mm -hmm. you know, just kind of matching up the fact that, you know, what you just said, I'm a pitta body type, Mm -hmm. like a mother, you know, like (laughs) real full on, but I love spicy food. But when I have it, it kind of gets me a little bit agitated, you know, but the cooling foods, like just even having some juice, like I just made like a cucumber, celery, with a little bit of apple and ginger in there. But anyways, but <laughs> the, the the cucumber is so cooling. and Like, I just feel good. I feel balanced. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, yeah, totally. So where can people take that quiz? Yes. Great. Yeah, so they can go to my site, alexandrajameson.com slash cravings quiz slash. And we'll put it in the show notes, too. Alexandrajameson.com slash cravings quiz slash. Boom. And show notes, everybody, will be there in the show notes. And, of course, I checked it out beforehand, and it is awesome. So I think also one of the things that we kind of crossed over, we didn't really touch on this, and I want to make sure we don't miss this, is that all vegan diets are not created equal. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that because there's a difference and why also another reason that it's so healing and transformative for some people is that the people who are doing it in a way that's more life-affirming, they start paying attention to food quality, food sourcing, food processing, how food is grown, and seek to put high-quality foods in their body. That's what that can be about. But then there's people like, you know what? Vegan is cool. I'm just going to eat vegan cookies and vegan ice cream. (laughs) Potato chips are vegan. Are those bagels vegan? Mm -hmm. I'll have three. Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of thing. You know, soy milk, bring it on all day, (laughs) you know? So there's a big discernment and difference between somebody eating a vegan approach where they're eating real food, whole natural food you can recognize where they came from versus the junk food type of vegan, Mm -hmm. you know. So I want to make that a clear discernment. But you've got some books that are geared towards the real food portion, I'm assuming, right? Oh, yes, indeed. (laughs) I do. Yeah. Hey, I love my books. My books are still my babies. You know, they may say vegan on the cover, but man, I put my heart and soul into these recipes. And if you are looking at the plant-based diet as a way to heal or you're already vegan and you want a non-preachy way to discover even better, more wonderful food, check out the Great American Detox Diet. That's all about how I fixed Morgan's body after Supersize Me. That has about 100 recipes in it. And then there's Vegan Cooking for Dummies and Living Vegan for Dummies. All good. But I have a new book coming out in January, which I'm super psyched about. We are too. Ah, It's called Women, Food, and Desire. There we go. Yeah. Wait, wait. Say that again. Say it again. 
Women, food, and desire. Boom goes the dynamite. Three of my favorite things right there. (laughs) (laughs) It's really everything we've been talking about here, you know, embracing your cravings, learning to use your body as your GPS, and there's a whole chapter on sex. We got to talk about food and sex together in the same book, people. It's about time. It's about time. What have we been waiting for? Wait for silly humans. Alex. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, Alex, I appreciate you so much for sharing your experience and sharing your wisdom. I'm so grateful for all the stuff that you've accomplished, that you've been through. I know you've been through so much. And the whole thing, like when you were talking, it's like, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger, right? That's yeah. So you must be like seriously an X-Man right now. Right, right. You know? oh, man, I tell you what, everybody's got to walk through the fire at least once in their life. And now I got fireproof feet. So go. I'm Boom. ready. Bring it on. Boom. Awesome. Oh so everybody definitely check out Alexandra. Yes, I'm craving some Alex. <laughs> Alexandra. Uh. AlexandraJameson.com for more awesomeness and just a really cool person and super smart. And again, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And so real. Ah, delightful. Thank you, guys. It was such a pleasure to be here with you. Awesome. So everybody, thank you for tuning in. I hope that you got a lot of value out of the show today. Stay tuned for more great stuff coming your way, and we'll talk with you soon. And make sure for more after the show, you head over to theshawnstevensonmodel.com. That's where you can find the show notes. And if you got any questions or comments, make sure to let me know. And please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and let everybody know that our show is awesome and you're loving it. And I read all the comments, so please leave me a comment there. And take care, everybody. promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help transform your life. 